What the hell's the name of this song? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant? I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. Right. He tried to get me in mid-chew. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another stupefying edition of Ballsy. Oh, I thought you were going to say stupid there. Oh, no, no, no. The Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. I am Barry Horn. Evan Grant is not here today, but we have a fine replacement for Evan Grant for this cow. A better replacement, I say. That goes unsaid. Well, that goes unsaid. Our good friend, Kate Haropoulos, covering the Cowboys. Hi, Kate. How are you? Hi, guys. I'm sad Evan's not here, but glad to talk to you guys. Well, you're Why? the only one that's sad Why that Evan's not here. Why would you be sad Evan's not here? Uh, he does, you know, he supports me on Twitter. He retweets my stuff. He's a great baseball writer. You know, I just enjoy Evan. Well, I think <laughs> the thing you said right there at the very first, but he retweets your stuff. I do like that, too. Kate, I'm going to make a point of retweeting your stuff more often. That was a shot at us, I think. It was. Well, it should be a shot. We're not doing that nearly enough. We need to do that. No I, shot. I need no to do shot. Let's, let's talk no. Cowboys. Let's talk Cowboys. Kate, okay. is, first of the thing we need to know, is Terrence Williams still on the roster? <laughs> As far as we know, yes, at least for one more year. It is a contract year for him, so stuff like this obviously doesn't help. Um, you know, I give him credit. He kind of had to face the music and talk to us last night after his kind of boneheaded play at the end of the game. And uh, But I didn't really understand his his explanation for what happened. But did, didn't Lance Dunbar do essentially the same thing four or five plays earlier? Yes, he did. So- yeah. I think he was a little bit more inside, so maybe it would have been harder to get outside. But it kind of it was weird. It felt like he kind of just went to the ground, kind of inexplicably. That's what exactly what I heard about that today. Well, you know, because here, yeah, here, here are those two situations. Just set those up. First one earlier in that drive, Lance Dunbar gets the ball on the left side of the field, and reverses field and runs all the way across to the right side of the field. He's he's running toward. Uh, the, the boundary, uh, and then at the last line. in the sideline at the last second, all of a sudden he cuts up and just falls down. I it was almost like he thought, you know what? If I just go down here, the clock will stop. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it was also it was confusing. That's what you kind of have to guess because there's no other real explanation for why he would do that. And so, that cost them probably ten seconds, I'm guessing, right. for his mistake. So as bad as Terrence Williams' mistake was, his his unfortunate uh, part of this for him at least is that. His came after Lance Dunbar's mistake, a similar one. So you had two players making key mistakes at the end of a game. Two players that have been around for several years and should know better. Well, yes. you know, at, at last night uh, before the uh, Sunday night football game, Tony Dungy, uh, who was a coach who won a Super Bowl, says they used to practice uh, that on Thursdays and Fridays, a two-minute drill at the end of the game, what everybody should do. Did, do the Cowboys do the same thing? Oh, yeah, they, and they did that all through training camp and situational stuff, and I think they do that even in, in walkthroughs and every practice. I mean, I, I think that's, that's pretty much pounded into their heads, you know, what, what, what should be instinctual in certain um, clock management situations. You know, it almost makes you feel like that because, and this was brought up by Philip Tanner in a tweet. Barry had that, and Philip Tanner, a former running back for the Cowboys. Did you retweet my, my retweet? And I did not. I just saw that in the paper, actually. Thank you. But, but Philip Tanner said, look, let's not put all this on, on T. Will. Uh, you know, Jason Garrett has had clock management problems his entire career as head coach of the Cowboys, and that's, and that's a fact. He, I would say the number one complaint that media and fans have about Jason Garrett has been his clock management. No? No. 
No, his number his number one complaint media fans I think have had again about him is that he lets uh, Jerry influence him too much. Well, I mean that just goes with the, with the job, you know. That, that's and then he sounds like a bit of a robot. Yeah, right. well, okay. But I, but I, all right, let me tell you. Let Kate, let Kate it's, talk. It's my let, number one. Let, let right, Kate, Kate talk. But what's your what's your take on that, Kate? <laughs> well, I think you. Can, I mean, you have a very good point. First of all, this isn't all Terrence Williams' fault, as we all know, it, because it was the last play of the game. That a lot of attention gets put on that mistake. Um, but you can look through just the last couple of drives the Cowboys had. Uh, even the one before they gave up the lead, uh, when they were still playing with the lead, and then what they did um, their last two possessions after they were playing from behind, and you can see a lot of different um, things that you could question uh, with t- with time management, you know, included in there. Now, now, Kate, there's seen the reaction in the Dallas Morning News anyway uh, from some of our people there writing opinion pieces from the game seemed to be that, uh, wow, that this was just way too conservative of a game plan and that uh, and that, that was also a fault of the, the head coach and the offensive coordinator. And I have to tell you, I, I disagree with that. I, I thought that Dak Prescott, first of all, played about as well as you could possibly expect him to play mm-hmm. in his debut. He did, didn't have a sack. He didn't have a, an interception. Uh, he his pass percentage was were high. I don't know what his final rating was. What was was it over a hundred? I, I believe it was. Was it? See, I've got it right here. I think it was uh, 25 for 45. 69.4. Well, that wasn't that good then. All right, I'll take it back. But that's because there's no, there was no, no touchdown, touchdown passes. Right. It weren't, weren't very right. many long passes. And, and that's why I think that was one of the things that was pointed out. I believe that he was 2 of 10 uh, on passes that were more than 15 yards down. When the ball down, traveled 15 When yards. the ball traveled more than 15 yards downfield. And but, I, we, but like you're saying, though, he did have his chances. I mean, um, the 24-yard touchdown to Dez that Dez couldn't bring in. Right. You know, that, that was a that was a terrific pass, right by the way. Or, right. or, or the Cole Beasley drop. Oh, the Cole which Beasley might have drop. been a touch. I think Aikman said Cole Beasley could have walked in with the ball. And I and I think you know one of the things he said was that he delivered that little high. That was that first of all that pass is not high. Cole didn't even have to jump. He kind of jumped and then kind of stuck his hands up, and it was a very awkward looking. Uh, but you know he did that another time on the field. He's a very small Target. wide receiver, and when he's going yeah. over the middle, he's very conscious of taking a shot from somebody coming across the middle. His head's turning. His head turned on that play where he dropped the ball. His head turned on another play where he was crossing the middle, and he dropped the ball. Uh, and I and listen, I'm, I'm thinking about the fact that Cole Beasley is smaller than I am, and I'm thinking there's no way I want to be out there on that football field taking the shots that he's taking. So I, I think that, you know, I, I don't – you know, criticizing too much for that, but right, those, right. but those are also game-changing plays. You know, if he, if, if Beasley catches that pass, well, then they win the game. But and to go back to your your first point, I mean, would we still be criticizing Garrett quite as much today if those if those two had been touchdowns instead of they ended up settling for field no, goals? No, of course not. Of that? Right. I mean, and you know, of course, that's the nature of, of I, what we do. But I, you know, I mean, if, at the end of the day, like you mentioned, you know, Eli Manning. Had had fewer completions, I think, than Dak did, but he had three touchdown passes, and Dak ended up with zero touchdown passes. Well, that's the thing, though, that Eli does. You know, uh, Eli will make mistakes in a game, like the like the interception. I don't really feel like that was Sterling Shepard's fault. I think that was Eli's fault uh, on the interception. Um, but he does drive the ball down the field very well. I mean, he, 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 I think he throws a deep ball and, and is willing to throw that deep ball as much or better than any other quarterback in the NFL. And, so, and speaking of that, what about going to his best receiver 
and Beckham Jr. and in terms of, and then the Cowboys couldn't find a way to get their best receiver the ball. Well, that that's another terrific point. Des Bryant caught how many passes yesterday for how many yards? One pass. One for eight. One catch for eight yards. He was targeted five times. Five he times. Came up with one you know, pass. again, I hate to go back to this, but I was watching the uh, Patriots and uh, Arizona Cardinals last night. When they needed to move the ball, they went to Larry Fitzgerald. Larry Fitzgerald caught balls over the middle, on the sideline, uh, deep, short. Uh, when he had it, got his hands on the ball, that ball was caught. Now, now, who's who's his quarterback? Uh, uh, Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. Pretty Palmer. good. Pretty good. Palmer. Pretty good veteran quarterback. And this is my point here. Uh, what we don't know about the the relationship between uh, Des Bryant and Tony Romo, uh, it, what we we can assume from watching them play, is if you watch them in a game when Tony is healthy, <laughs> Tony uh, constantly. Con, first of all, he holds on to the ball for a long time. And what we see a lot of times is that he is holding the ball until Dez gets open, until Dez is looking at him. He does, he's not mm-hmm. throwing to him a lot when Dez is coming out of a break, you know, where when Dez turns around and the ball is right there on him. That doesn't happen a lot. I don't know why that is. I'm not saying that, that Dez is, is not good in those situations. I don't know. But it certainly seems like there's a different dynamic of Dez throwing, I mean, or Tony throwing to Dez and anybody else throwing to Dez. Because we saw last year when when Tony was out, and of course Dez was hurt. But we we've seen in the past when other quarterbacks were, were in a game with Dez, they, it, things didn't happen. It, you know, it, it, he wasn't a big part of the offense. So, and I have to say also, you know, the Giants aren't stupid. They're going to come into this game and they're going to say, "You want to run the ball, really? Right? We just got we got Damon Harrison, who we signed, Snacks Harrison." who is uh, 350 pounds, and I, I believe when he played for the Jets last year, he had 10 tackles against the Cowboys. They signed Olivier Vernon from the Dolphins, who ate up uh, Tyron Smith last year. These were guys they signed pretty much expressly to beat the Cowboys. And he had a pretty good game yesterday. The, the Both two, those guys played the, very the, well. The two holding penalties were on were on uh, Lyle Olivier, Collins. Uh, and and mm-hmm. Olivier, Olivier Vernon was, was the one being... Being, being held, and, he, and he's a good run stopper. He did a good job. Both those guys did very well. So they they improved their defense. All that money they spent paid off yesterday. So my question for Kate is, why did I take Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott with the fourth pick of the entire of my entire fantasy draft? What kind of mistake did <laughs> I make? Are you, are you just crushed here that you ended up with uh, only 51 yards yes. uh, on 20 attempts, 2.5 yards per carry? Well, here's the okay. So just to go back a little bit with what we were talking about, it's a little hard for me to wrap my head around that that the Giants are able to stop Zeke and stop the run and take Dez out of the game as much as they did. You know, it seems like you shouldn't be able to do both as well as they did. Uh, but when it comes to stopping Zeke in particular, you know, they they did load up to stop the run. He had he only had very small games. I think he had two um, eight yard. Runs on the those same, were his longest runs on the same drive, including the touchdown. Yeah, on the same on the on the same drive. So why was Alfred Morris be able to look a little better? He had, he had better results. Yeah, I mean, you don't know if it was if it was him. You don't know if the defense changed a little bit when when he was in there, or was it his was his experience? Or you know what? Maybe it was that Elliott played. You know, I think he had under ten carries in the preseason. There's yeah. a guy that missed a big part of training camp. I mean, I, I don't think that everyone that has Elliott in their fantasy teams should be, you know, 
just drop him or trade him oh, no. right away. I think he's going to get better, but maybe this, you know, people had kind of given him credit for just playing briefly in the Seattle preseason game for that being his kind of welcome to the NFL moment, and he seemed to pass the flying colors, but I think yesterday was was a lot more of, of the real thing. And it's I think a- people were kind of giving him too much you know, a, a credit that he had already passed all those tests. He, need, he needed to go through this kind of learning experience. I think you're exactly right. I think it's also small sample size, and I don't know that we can make a comparison uh, against the running backs, Alfred Morris. Was Alfred Morris better than, than Zeke Elliott yesterday? Look, every time I saw Zeke Elliott get the ball, I never got the feeling like, well, he's going to break one here because every time he got the ball – He never avoided a tackler. Well, but there's guys in the backfield. When you when you got the, the penetration that they were getting – He's got the best offensive the line. We've heard time and time again he's got the best offensive line in football in front of him. I know, and here's the thing. People say that like that's a given, right? We, of course, you can't quantify that. You know, it, we, you put that on the field in the numbers. I, we've seen in the past the Cowboys have struggled to run the ball at times. Now, I, I do know that obviously Derrick McFadden ran for a thousand yards last year, but that was after the season got going and after they had some things. You know, they got a little bit better play overall. Uh, I think one of the things we saw in the broadcast yesterday that Troy Aikman said was that I think this team pass blocks better than it run blocks, and and I think that's true. I think it does pass. You watched that game yesterday. Dak Prescott hardly got any pressure. How about how about the year that the Demarco Murray two years ago was it two years ago now that three years ago that Demar Demarco two years ago that Demar, two years. Demarco 2014. Murray two thousand fourteen yeah. gained what sixteen hundred yards and and who was the quarterback? Uh, Tony Romo. Tony Romo. It makes a big difference when there's a threat there. If there's a threat of a quarterback who's going to throw the ball downfield, who's going to be able to pick out the mistakes that are made, who's going to find the open receivers downfield, then, then of course, the team is going to have to back off and they can't load the box. But when you're playing against a rookie quarterback who did a very fine job in this game, but and I, I was not at the game. I'm watching on TV, so it's hard to tell – Sometimes what the defense are, are doing because they're so focused in on the, on the players and their faces and all the rest of that stuff, you can't even tell what the, the defense is doing half the time. But I'm assuming, uh, Kate, and you're there at the game, that uh, mm-hmm. what you see there is that they're allowing everything underneath. You know, They're allowing you to, to make that catch for that four-yard gain, that five-yard gain. We'll give you that, but we're not letting you throw the ball downfield. Well, and, and yes, and that's right. And for proof of that, you just have to look at – the numbers and see that of 45 of the of Dak's 45 pass attempts, 26 went to Beasley and to the tight end to Jason Witten, and those were all kind of the underneath shorter passes was, because he took what was available to him. Was there, was there a, a outcry or did you hear a lot of murmuring in the stands yesterday? People wondering why Gavin Escobar couldn't the game to catch. Well, my, is, he's my personal favorite. Yeah, if you didn't know that already, Kate, you just did now. So. Hey, Jeff Swaim, the other tight end out of UT, had the the deepest catch of the day, actually, that Jack threw. And, and knocked himself yards. out on the play, and too. D- d- was <laughs> the, he, he, hey, but let me ask you, when you were at the game, did the sun ever get in your eyes? You know, it, not much gets to us up in that press box, you know, in the corner there. But I do think uh, I have to go up to Frisco here to the star. I mean, should I pop into Ikea right there off the tollway and see if they have some big curtains? Or, there you go. Or some mini blinds. Get yeah. in some mini blinds. <laughs> yeah. That's just crazy, isn't it? That, that That's something that they have. And as, as someone pointed out, when they have a Final Four there, they do have, I don't know if they're blinds, I don't know if they're curtains or what they are, but they do have something that blocks out the windows to, to keep the oh, light yeah. out. And for concerts and stuff, I'm pretty sure they, they've blocked that stuff off before. Yeah. But, here, I mean, the stadium opened in 2009, right? I mean, we've been this has been an issue 
for a while. And even in recent years, I've covered afternoon um, Texas A&M Arkansas games, and the sun has been a constant problem. I mean, this has been this is not new. It just was really, really noticeable at a key time in the game yesterday. And then you had key players like Jason Witten and Dez and Cole Beasley all admitting that you know the sun was in their eyes at key moments. Um, and, and then, but Garrett, Jason Garrett, when you ask him, you know, about it, he, he won't talk about it. He he, he well, wouldn't he, he wouldn't today. he wouldn't even give his usual non-answer to to he just. He just refused to talk about it, which, as as Kevin, who's a veteran journalist, knows, that's kind of a no comment, and no comment is a comment, right? Right. That is correct. And for Garrett, that for Garrett, that might be stronger than him talking yes, around it and saying course. a whole bunch of words, yeah, without saying anything. So, uh, where do the Cowboys go from here? I mean, if I if I watch this game, you know, uh, and I said they would lose twenty one seventeen. Score was twenty to nineteen. I like to point out it was only three points off. Right? I, I'll have to go back and check my, what uh, I said. But uh, you, you know, they very easily could have won that game. Um, but it was against yeah. a, a Giants team that we didn't know a, a lot about going into the season. We knew that they had improved their defense, or they seemed to have done that. It's, it looks like they have improved their defense. Uh, of course. Uh, the problem has not ever been their front seven. The problem has always been their secondary and uh, and people taking advantage of that. The Cowboys were not able to, to do that. Uh, it, it seemed like he, we can talk about the, how they conservative they played that game. I you know if I'm the Cowboys, I don't want my one and only quarterback because I don't count Mark Sanchez yet. I don't want my one and only quarterback running that zone read option. You know, ten times a game. You know, he he ran it a couple of times in the game. He did run a couple of times. It was very smart what he did. But I don't know how much better you expect him to play. I mean, he was looking downfield and not getting anything, and 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 checking off and going to his receivers underneath. I think this is the defense you're going to see for the rest of the year, or at least as long as Dak Prescott is the is the starting quarterback. I think they have to going. They're going to Washington this week. I think Washington plays tonight. Actually, so it's a short week for Washington. Um, a, like we talked about, they've got to find a way to get Des more involved, get his, get the ball in his hands, even if it is, uh, even if Dak isn't able to go deep, you've got to get him the ball and have him be a factor in the game more. Um, you've got to get, uh, you know, maybe be a little bit more creative then if, if it's going to be that limited for him. If it, and if that doesn't necessarily mean just the read option or zone read, but, uh, I mean, maybe just kind of cook up something a little bit more creativity-wise. I didn't see a ton of that. Um, but I think you're right, and I think they're hoping that Zeke is really going to be able to break out um, and, and be more of kind of uh, the impact runner that they were they were hoping for when they drafted him with the fourth overall pick. You know, I would say the one thing you would like to see from, from Des is that, they, and they have done this before, just a drag route. Across the middle. How about that? You know, a, a, I don't a, think a he... seven or eight yard you know route across the middle because here's the thing about Beasley and Witten. Uh, they're they're very reliable. You are usually very reliable catching the ball. Their yards after catch are not really good. You know, and that's why the Giants were willing to concede that they realize you you can throw this uh, screen to Jason Witten if you want to, but he's not going to go very far with it after he catches it. Uh, but whereas, let's ha- how about throwing that pass to to Des Bryant instead? You know, they, and they've done that in the past, and I don't know why that was not on their radar yesterday. Or Lance Dunbar. I mean, they tried to do that a little bit with him at some point. But, you know, guys that can really do some damage after they get the ball in their hands. Yeah, that, that's what um, they, they need to do. They need yeah. to get the ball in playmakers' hands, and that's there's no question but, about that. But why can we sit here on a Monday morning the day after, and it's so obvious to Kate, and it's so obvious to you, and it's not obvious to the people calling the place for the Cowboys? 
Well, I, I think what happened here in this particular case is, look, I think this game played out exactly like Jason Garrett thought it would. I think he thought it was going to be a low-scoring game, and we're gonna, we're just gonna, we're gonna be vintage Cowboys when he was the backup quarterback here. That's how they won games. You know, you go back and look at the scores of the games in the in the days of the triplets. They weren't beating people thirty-five to to thirty. They were winning games twenty-four to seventeen. You know, something like that. They were they would go down the field and just they were just machine-like going down the field. Of course, they would punch it into the end zone. They weren't settling for field goals every time, but they were very conservative in what they did, and it almost worked. It was that close to working. You know, and, he, and I'll say this on for Terrence Williams' part. You know, if he goes out of bounds at the 45 where everybody wanted him to go out, that means it's a 63-yard field goal, right? Uh, right. My math was 62, but, yeah. Yeah, it's, six, it's 62, 63. Uh, it used to be 17 yards a setback, and right. now, now I think it's 18. Uh, so so that's really pushing. He did, thought, you, did you watch Dan Bailey kick? kick well, you? I know. He, he's, he's excellent. He's unbelievable. But I would I say – Fifty-six and fifty-four, fifty-four yard field goals earlier that day. You, you at least wanted to see him go for it. Uh, you know? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and 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 those and, the, and each of those field goals didn't just clear the crossbar. You know, they they went no, they did yardage. They did uh, go on the other side. I would, but what my point was is that he ended up at about the 40, 41, Right? He needed to be at the forty or forty-one. He 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 needed to get out of bounds, right. but he probably needed to be at the forty or forty-one. I think, and that's what he was probably thinking, and just. And just and he saw uh, uh, Cromarty uh, c- going over towards you know the out of bounds. Who was playing it very smart? He sure. understands the play, right. and he's circling the play instead of trying to tackle him. He's just trying to hurt him. Right, right. He's trying to get around him and keep him from going out of bounds and keep him in the middle of the field. You know, uh, and that. So was, why is Cromarty so smart? Most players are smart. Des is over there, right? We got a picture in the paper today of Des pointing toward the sideline. Telling him to do that. It, I, it was a great photo. I think Garrett was pointing out. That's to, a Tom Fox I mean, photo. I think, yeah. Yeah. Everyone was kind of you know just assuming him to head straight out of bounds. So well, when he didn't, it was like, whoa, did that just happen? And then before you knew it, the game was over. I would I would like to point out in the Detroit game uh, we were watching. Uh, I guess it was after that uh, at our house that uh, Matthew Stafford threw a pass uh, to the sideline and his receiver caught it and then turned upfield and after he finally got tackled. Stafford is just screaming at him, get out of bounds. So it's not just the Cowboys. Uh, there are other uh, organizations with, with receivers just as clueless. Oh, you want to compare the Cowboys games. to the Detroit Lions? How about that? I mean, I'm just talking about a receiver. No, no, no. But, I'm, but what I'm saying is that's why they're the Lions. That's why the Cowboys. This, these things don't happen on I the I think right now that the, 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 the Lions are better than the Cowboys. Okay, but they're, they're not a franchise that's known, that's known for their commitment to excellence. And being excellent, this, these things do not happen on the New England Patriots. Uh, they, they might happen, oh. but it's a lot. It's a much. Uh, yeah, I think that what goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I think what you have in this situation is that the players are confident of a Bill Belichick that he is going to make the right calls. That in a game when you're coaching, when you're playing against Bill Belichick. Not only are your players confident that you are going to be put in a position to win because the head coach is going to make a really good. Not only come up with a good game plan, but good execution during the game. He's going to make all the right calls. Good time management. But yes, good time management. But the other team is intimidated by that. The other yes. team knows that we're playing against a team yes. that is really well coached and going to do everything right. And so we have to do everything right. So right away, you're winning the head game, you know, uh, against yes. teams because you got Bill Belichick as your coach. And I, you know, and and right now at this point, Jason Garrett has not arrived at that point. He may someday, uh, but he's not getting there fast. Kate, your thought? 
Uh, well, I'm, I have to head up to the star here in a second to go talk to Garrett. I think what I think one thing that we haven't even got into. I think you you alluded to it when you were talking about just that he's he's playing like you know the team when he was the backup was that he put the the ball and he put the game really in the defense's hands, trusting them to be able to get the ball back with time to then put the pressure on the offense to go win the game, even if they just needed a field goal. And is that is that what they should be doing with this defense? Uh, you know, no. they they were just ga- uh, the Giants were just gassing uh, the Cowboys there at the end, running the ball, and then even on third and twelve, um, their running back Jennings got eleven yards when they finally did when J.J. Wilcox made the stop finally just short of the first down to get the ball back. But by that point, um, there was 105 left that the rookie quarterback had to work with. Oh, Jennings and Vereen looked looked unstoppable uh, at, at times. Those were That's, huge holes they were running Jennings, through, let's, let's go over there. Jennings and Vereen looked unstoppable. I think Ben Vereen was great in roots, mm-hmm. let me just say. You're showing your age again. Yeah. Why, do you, why do you insist on showing no, your age? Let Kate go. Kate gave us a hint that she has to go. Kate, you got to go? I, I have to head up there, but I can. I mean, I can hang up. You guys, seen, do we need to talk about any other um, topics that we haven't hit on? I, I think we've, we've covered most of them, Kate. You've been great, and we appreciate you taking the time, as always. You're the best. You know what? You're my favorite Cowboys writers out there. That's what you there. say to David Moore when he's I on. I never say that to David Moore. I never say especially Do the other guys even come on here? Do you have Brandon and John on here? We've had them on. We've yeah. banned them. Yeah, we've had them on. We've had we've had them on, but we've had the, Dave, as you know, we've had David most frequently, and David is terrific whenever he's. Let on. me just let me just well, say David's the best. Let me ju- let me just say he's these the guys. It's just between you and me, Kate. But those guys are boring. Um, well, you know, I always try to never be boring. Yes. I may not always be right, but I don't want to be dumb. <laughs> well, th- that's that's in the nature of this Clicks, business. Clicks, baby. That, Clicks and retweets. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There well, you let's go. retweet that. Yeah. Kate, thanks so much. Okay, thanks. Guys, right, have, have, a good, have a good trip to Washington. Okay, thank you. I will. Bye-bye. There goes Kate Heropolis. She's great. I love Kate. Um, she she was always great on the A uh, and um, M beat before she took over the, uh, the Cowboys. She owned the Johnny Manziel beat. Yes, she did. She did a very good job with all that stuff. So and and uh, I, uh, thank heavens. Talk. There's no more talk about Johnny Manziel. Speaking, of, you know, I don't know. Uh, you know, if you uh, and and they're not playing the, uh, the the Browns this week. But did you watch uh, uh, RG three play in that? He game? He didn't have a very good. Oh game. Oh my gosh, he just looked terrible. He just looked terrible. Wide open receivers running down the field, and he's missing them by five yards. Yeah, uh, he he, he did he did not look no he did not look great. You know, and that, and that's what everybody wants that you know you, Cowboys fans clamoring for. Like, why don't they bring in RG three? You know, uh, you know why don't they bring in Johnny Manziel? And uh, and I'll say this: I think that's quelled now. I think everybody's in love. Certainly, everybody's. Did you did you see the pregame shows yesterday where 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 uh, Dak was? Basically anointed the starting. Tony comes back. It doesn't matter. Uh, what about that, Trent Dilfer in particular? Yeah, Trent, who, who's a Super Bowl win? He's a smart guy. He's a smart guy, and he's already ready to, to say, yeah, that, 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 that Tony Romo shouldn't even come back. Uh, and well, that's I, another issue, though. Well, yeah. I, I think that's just ridiculous, though. I, I think that you, we saw yesterday what happens when you don't have Tony Romo at quarterback. You have the defense stacking the box, and they take away the run from you. And if Tony Romo is there... Des Bryant's going to be a viable part of that offense. You know, it shows you what he brings to the to the table. Now, we can say all we want to about the fact that the Cowboys were too conservative. Uh, Dak's two of ten, 
from uh, plus oh, 15 yards. Yeah, they, they protected him. There's no question the uh, the coaching staff and Scott Lenahan uh, protected There's no, no, no question about that. But I got to tell you, you t- uh, uh, Dez is a, a top five receiver, top six, seven, eight receiver in the league. How many top six, seven, eight receivers in the league have games consi- not consistently? But this is this wasn't the first time Dez was out of the game. He is, and I think it's a question to be asked and answered about why is it that it has to be Tony Romo as the quarterback for Des Bryant to be successful? Why is that? And, and I think that uh, that that needs to be asked and answered. And I and I don't know if they're going to be able to to figure that out. You know, whether that he can get the ball down the field or not. But as I said, throw him a short route, throw him something short, and let him catch the ball and run. Now he did have the one catch where he did do that, and then he didn't do it again afterwards. Now I don't know because I'm I watch it on TV or are they in double coverage on Dez all the time and giving them you know uh, Beasley and Witten? I'm thinking well, probably so. You know, but you made a great point before we started this podcast, and I know you didn't mean to make it, but you oh, did. Oh, oh. Look at. Let, let's talk. You asked me who the uh, Giants' other receivers were after um, w- after Cruz. Did you ask me? Or no, they were talking about Trent Dilfer said that the Cowboys had the greatest set of weapons in the NFL. Right. That's why Dak Prescott's going to be so great. He's saying that because of the offensive line and because of the running backs. The and, running back, the, the, un- the, un- the unproven running back, and the unproven running back. But okay, that, that, but, listen, but but they'll who, be fine. But but Zeke Elliott is not the problem. No, there. no. Look look at look at the Giants. Pick the Giants. They play the Giants. Who are the three giant wide receivers? Yeah, you you, you got Odell Beckham Jr., who's terrific, who's every bit of Des Bryant. Right. I, I think that's a push okay. with those two guys. Then you got Victor Cruz, okay. who caught a touchdown pass yesterday. Uh, and then you then you got starting Shepard, the rookie out of Oklahoma, who made an unbelievably great catch for a touchdown where he took that ball away, jumped and took the ball away. Is he already ahead of Terrence Williams? Do you, oh, would you rather have him than Terrence absolutely Williams? Absolutely, I'd rather have him. Okay. And what he really is is a slot receiver, and he's a better version of, of Beasley is what he is. So, bigger. Bigger, yeah, absolutely bigger and better after the catch. So and a healthy Victor Cruz. Uh, yeah, so that's three really top-notch receivers. I, so for Trent Dilfer to say, "Oh, the Cowboys had the best weapons in the NFL," they didn't even have the best weapons yesterday on Sunday. You know, so th- that's a ridiculous thing for him to say. I, I, it amazes me when people talk about uh, with the Cowboys and, and they get too excited about them. But they get they, they're too excited about this offense until you get a quarterback who feels comfortable going down the field, and they they allow to go maybe down the field a little bit more often, they're going to stack the box and they're not going to be able to run the ball that well. They're going to have to figure out other things to do to get the ball in the hands of some of these people instead of Beasley and instead of Witten, neither of whom are really a lot on yards after catch. You know, we're 30 minutes in. Brian, our producer, is having uh, conniptions over there. He yeah, wants he's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. I got to go. He's got to go. go. But, and we haven't even really talked about the, the biggest issues of the, the, the defense. Well, the defense is what it is. I mean, look, who are the playmakers on that defense? You know, it's like when they lined up yesterday on the broadcast, they said this is a this is a no name defense, and it is. If it was that for Sean Lee, who I think the Miami Dolphins won a Super Bowl, won Super Bowls with no, what they called the no name yeah, defense. Well, that was a little different. Yeah, but because they had no names, but they 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 had were really they could really play. Yeah. But we have to go because Brian is is like. He's he's ready to turn off the lights. I think he's he's turning off the lights. This is like being being in some at somebody's house. Uh, you know, you're watching the game. And you that say, happens to you all the time, doesn't it? Okay, can you please leave? You yeah. Please leave, please leave, please yeah. leave. But we had a, a tremendous uh, podcasting day. We did. Who did we have? I don't even remember. Well, we had Evan Grant, our old pal, uh, who sometimes uh, he was a little, comes in the he, office. He, he was a little feisty this morning. Well, he had to be. You know, he, was, he, he, was like, he stayed up all night to do the podcast. Can and that? that was our, our Ranger 
Baseballsy podcast. Yes, it was. And then we also have the great Barry Trammell from Oklahoma, the columnist for the Daily Oklahoma. Who now, who, who's, I am now the third best Barry we've had on, on this podcast, yeah. Barry, as, as we confused Barry Switzer with one point. Yes, you did. And then Barry, Barry Trammell, really, B-E-R-R-Y. Yeah. And then me. And he, talk, just... and he talked about uh, the OSU fiasco in the game against Central Michigan and also the upcoming game between Oklahoma and Ohio State. And Bob Stoops' job security. And, and Bob long, Stoops' and job security. And how long he'll be there. And then Kate Haropoulos, who, who you just go on and on about how, how great she is. I just like her better than those other people out there. I, I think I agree with you, but <laughs> David Moore and I go way, way, way back, oh, and I, I, I have tremendous, I have tremendous kidding. respect. I no, you're, you're not kidding. I, here's, my, here's my problem with David David Moore when he said that he was picking the Cowboys to win nine to ten games with Dak Prescott, and I asked him, so how many games were you picking them to win with Romo? And he said eleven. So. So Tony Rumble was worth one extra win over Dak Prescott. So for the, Cowboys, one. for the Cowboys to win nine games with Dak Prescott, assuming he quarterbacked the rest of the way, they'd have to go nine and six. Yes. That's not happening. No. I don't think so. All right. Uh, and remember to subscribe to the, our podcast, uh, Ballsy Podcast, on iTunes and wherever else you can subscribe. Uh, we, we've loved having you along today, uh, today with us, and we'll see you next week with Evan Grant in studio. Bye. Bye.